Hello, it's great to have you join us again for another City Pentecostal Church Sermon of the Week. Remember, there are many activities and events happening at CPC, and we believe that together as a church, we can provide opportunities to help others and make a difference. To get involved in helping other people in one of our various ministries at CPC, please contact the church office or visit our website, citypentecostal.church. We encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help direct you to a ministry that your godly given gifts will be made most effective. But remember, good works have no connection to salvation. Most important of all, remember we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. At CPC, we also believe that genuine salvation inevitably results in desire and a life of doing good work and serving others for the glory of God. And now here's Pastor Francis Calimbero with a continuation of his sermon titled, Stewarding Spiritual Gifts. So we will read Romans chapter 12, and uh, we will look at, we'll focus mainly on uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 8, and uh, we may also look at verse 9 as well, and, uh, and believe that within the next 20 minutes I'll be able to, to share what I have to share. <laughs> It's okay. Amen. <laughs> For I say through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God uh, has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then the gifts differing according to grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. And he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts, in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And uh, let me also read uh, verse 9. It says, Let love be without hypocrisy, and above what is evil. Cling to what is good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, wonderful opportunity again that we can share your word. And it is our prayer, Father, that you will anoint the ministry of this word that it will minister to us. Father God, we are so thankful that you have gifted us and that those gifts are an expression of your love. Just like we give gifts to those whom we love, you have gifted us because you love us and because you have got a purpose for each and every one of us. And that's why you have given us those gifts of God. We celebrate them, and, oh God, we, we welcome them. And, Lord, as we minister of this word, may we be reminded that we are gifted, and may we function as you have gifted us in various areas that you have called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So as I, I'm, I'm beginning to talk about that, I just want also to look a little bit more on some of the principles governing the, 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 the spiritual gifts. One of the important things about the, the, the spiritual gifts, as we, we, we have seen in that passage, uh, in verse, uh, verse 3, uh, it talks about, For I say, through the grace given to me, everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one as a, as a measure of faith. One of the things that is interesting is that we look at ourselves. Uh, somebody said there is a part of the way you think you are and also the way other people think you are. But also there is that part how God thinks you are. Amen. <laughs> so when you look at, at, at this passage, it is telling us the importance of humility when we are uh, functioning and operating in any area where God may put us uh, with whatever gift he may give us. Because what God does is he knows what he wants you to do, and he empowers you by giving you the necessary gift for you to do that thing that he has called you to do. Amen. One thing that I, I love about God is he will not send you to do what he has not gifted you to do, he will not send you without first empowering you to do what you are going to do. Amen. That's how God is. But the important thing is to understand who you are. Much of what happens in the body of Christ is not understanding who you are in Christ. Amen. Most of the time we function by looking at what people think we are. What people say about us. But I'm here to challenge you this morning. What is important is what God says you are. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what other people may say about you. That's why you, you see that God will call some people and you may think, was God crazy to call this person? Amen. <laughs> but God does not look at people the way we look at people. Amen. A good example is the time when uh God went to 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 to, uh, to have a king anointed, and he sent Samuel, prophet Samuel, and he goes to to the family of Jesse, who were the parents of of David. And when what we see there, the parents of David looked at the the, the eldest sons. They say these are the ones, at least from among them, somebody is going to be king. Probably they thought that the firstborn should be king. But if you look at the Bible, you'll see that God, most of, some, some of the times he reverses the situation. Amen. You look at the, the case of Manasseh and Ephraim, you know. Joseph says, no, you must, when he was talking to his father, Jacob, he says, bless this young one first with the, with the right hand and this one, the left hand. But what, what Jacob did actually, he did this. <laughs> Amen. The left on the first bond and the right on the, on the second bond. So the same things that, that, so that's why we really need to, to understand what is God thinking about this person? And when you know what God has called you to be and to, to, to do, then there is you, you, you need to, to, to have that correct estimation of who you are. Humility is to know exactly who you are. Amen. And again, when you look at, at that, you will see that uh, 
A Holy Spirit controlled thinking will lead to humility, never to any arrogance. If you see somebody operating and they say they are operating in the gifts of the Spirit, but they are arrogant, they, they, are, they are operating in an arrogant manner, that's not of the Lord. Amen. It will actually bring humility. Paul says somewhere, uh, somewhere else, he says, uh, why, why should you boast? For whatever you have, you have received. Amen. It is by grace. Grace meaning that you never even deserved it in the first place. But God has just by grace entrusted you. Nobody asks who they will be in the body of Christ. It is God himself in his own wisdom who points out you are being, you are going to do this, you are going to do that, you are going to do that. Amen. That's how God is. He will go to a place like Samaria. A place where everybody says we can't associate with these people. And here is Jesus in John, John chapter 4. He says, I'm going that way. And he had to go there just to meet a woman who had a very shady past. Very immoral woman. And this is the man, the woman that go, Jesus goes and, and meet and shares with her. By the end of that meeting, that woman has become an evangelist. Amen. <laughs> he goes to his town and calls people, come, I found the Messiah. We need to operate with humility. So Frank R. Parrish, uh, of which has, who has informed me a lot about these spiritual gifts and much of the material is reading from what he has written on the spiritual gifts, which is very, very useful. He said that, uh, humility is best defined as being exactly what you are, no more and no less. There are some people God has gifted them, but they, they, they don't think of how, what God has given them or what God has made them. They think of what other people say about them. As a result, they think they cannot do it, and they think they are being humble by refusing to do what God wants them to do. Amen. <laughs> that is called false humility. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> be who you are. It's okay to be who you are. And be exactly who you are. You don't need to apologize for the way God has made you to be. You don't need, you don't need to apologize for the gifts that God has, has given you. And by the way, the gifts of God are without repentance. Amen. <laughs> you will operate with those gifts until you die. Amen. And sometimes you may be operating in those gifts, but you are not right in your relationship with God. Amen. How do I see that? Somewhere else Jesus Christ says, some will come and they say, we cast out demons. We healed the sick. And I'll say, get away from me. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, we do not need to lift ourselves up in, uh, in importance above others. No, we look down upon or despise another brother or sister. Because we are operating in this way, the others are not operating in that way. And the other thing that you will see is that when you look at this passage, in verse 9, it talks about love. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Paul has just been talking about spiritual gifts. And then the, the next thing he says, let love be, be without hypocrisy. It looks like out of context, amen, <laughs> when you look at it. It looks like he has totally jumped to another topic. It doesn't make sense. But if you look at First Corinthians uh, chapter, chapter 12, you will see that he's talking about spiritual gifts. And then in chapter 13, he talks about what? Love. 
And then after that, in, 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 in chapter 14, he's talking about spiritual gifts. So which means when he was talking about love, he was talking about love within the context of spiritual gifts. We have used those, those verses at weddings. Love is, is, is blind. Love is what? No, not, not love is blind. <laughs> love does not boast. <laughs> love, love does not envy. Love does not what? But the correct context of it is what it was about. Spiritual gifts. It was not about my weddings. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, so, so what is the point? The point is every time uh, our spiritual gifts are to be operating, they must be motivated by love. Amen. You look at a situation and love moves you and say, I want to do something about this situation. And God uses your gift to meet that need. Amen. You see somebody who is so sick, and you're like, Lord, I pray, I want this person to be healed. And God, by his spirit, says, okay, this is the right motivation. He releases his gift and you, 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 in that situation. Amen. So that's what he's saying, Paul, here. He says, let love be, uh, be without hypocrisy. He's talking about that in the context of the spiritual gifts. In other words, he's saying, when you are functioning in your area of gifting, make sure you operate in love. If there is something that powers the spiritual gifts is love. Amen. Look at Jesus Christ. When he looks at the need, many times the Bible will say he was moved by compassion. That's love, isn't it? He was moved by compassion. And then he healed. The other time he was coming from somewhere and he meets, he, he meets a, a funeral procession. Uh, that, that's in, 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 in nine, right? Was it nine? Yeah. It was a, a, a widow from nine. So as he was moving, Jesus Christ sees this procession. And then people were talking and they say, oh no, this person, this person was, uh, that's the only Sunday she had and all that, and she's also a widow. And the Bible says Jesus was moved by, by compassion. And it says, rise up. That person was, was, was awake at that particular moment. There's also another story in the book of Acts. We hear of, um, a woman called Tabitha or Dorcas. Either way, you can call her whatever you want. And that, that woman, the Bible says that she was, she was a, a, a person who took care of orphans. And the people there, they realized how good this person is. And they felt so good because of what she was doing. And, and they talked to, 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 to the apostle Peter and said, this is what, this is the situation. This woman was helping us and all that. And, and we, we, we hear what, what God did. And she was raised from the dead. So let love govern the way we, we function. Every time in the church, whatever we do in the church, are we doing what we are doing in love? Amen. Even when I'm ministering here, I need to check myself that I'm ministering in love. Amen. It is more powerful when you're ministering in love, whatever area you're ministering at. And you know, love is, is something that a, a person can sense. A person can sense this person loves me or not. You know, your spirit knows the people who love you and the people who don't. Amen. 
So, again, when we, we continue to look at these, uh, uh, the, the operations of the, oh my gosh, time is gone. <laughs> ah. So a redeemed believer is not to think that he's better than others in the body of Christ. Or that he is less valuable than the others in the body of Christ. Okay. So if you think you are better than others in the body of Christ, that's pride. Amen. And when you think that you are, you are less valuable than others in the body of Christ, that's false humility. <laughs> Amen. So both, both kind of thinking are not welcome in the church. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so both of it are unsound. That's why Paul is saying, he says, think of yourself soberly. Think with a, a clear mind. Don't be influenced by what people say. Don't be influenced by what you think, but be influenced by what God says about you. Then you have the right estimate of who you are. Amen. That's humility. So, operation in the gifts of the Spirit must, however, be uh, motivated by love. That's, that one, we have already looked at that. So, I wanted to talk about motivational gifts, but then time is, is gone. I will just talk a little bit. Uh, probably those who come in the second service will hear more. <laughs> so I'm not, so <laughs> an advert for the second service, but that's how it is. So this gives portray or characterize our basic motivations. That is how we perceive, understand, and approach life and ministry. So these are basic characteristics uh, that are built into our personalities and we are placed there by our creator. Yeah. Amen. They are different from the manifestation of the spirit that is in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or in, in Romans chapter, chapter uh, Ephesians chapter 4. It may be possible that somebody may be, have that motivation or uh, a gift of, say, prophecy, but also function in the office of, 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 of a prophet in the ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. So I wanted to talk about the motivational gift of prophecy. So this is a creative gift from our Heavenly Father that gives a believer the ability to see situations and people with ongoing prophetic insight. We have people like that in this congregation, amen? <laughs> and somebody may be your wife who is functioning that way, or your husband. So this motivational gift is characterized by the ability to see or perceive beyond surface appearance. Sometimes we just look at things from the surface, but these people have got perception. They're so perceptive, they're able to see and read between the lines, Amen. <laughs> They are able to receive and declare truth about a situation. These people, they are blunt with truth <laughs> about a situation. <laughs> Amen. Does that, does that, you know, talk about you? <laughs> so they receive and declare insight about people and programs. There are some people, they are always talking about this situation. How do you see? I see this in this situation. That person is like this and this like that. You say, why do you care so much about other people? Amen. It's the way God has, has made them to be. So, persons with this motivational gift tend to be clear cut in their approach. When they see something is both true and right, 
To them, something is both true and right, or it is false and wrong. There's no middle ground. There are no exceptions. These people, they talk in black and white. Amen. <laughs> it's either something is black or it is white. There's no gray area, amen, with these people. Some of us, we are, we are like, there could be a middle ground in this, amen. <laughs> so when you, you, you may find yourself, you know, arguing a lot with a person like that. Because the way you're seeing things is all the way they, they see. They see in black and white. It's either it's wrong, it's right. That's all. So, but there's a warning with this kind of people. Because the, 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 this motivational gift, you know, usually, these people can be so blunt that in their bluntness, they can end up injuring others. Amen. So they need to temper it with gentleness. They need to be merciful. As they seek to exhort, correct, and instruct, and warn, others. A good example of this person could be a person like John the Baptist. Amen. <laughs> if you read about the way his approach, you'll see this person is <laughs> so blunt. Amen. When he saw the situation of, of Herod, he just went ahead and say, whatever you are doing is sin. Point. Point blank. And this kind of people can irritate you a lot. But they, are, they speak the truth. Amen. <laughs> but they need to speak the truth in love. <laughs> they need to be gentle. <laughs> they need to be merciful. But we need people like those. And the, the problem with, oh, most often they, they will focus on things that are wrong. You know? Therefore, if you have this gift, you must be careful not to dwell too much on the negative. You should also be careful to judge sin, not the person caught in sin. <laughs> it's one thing to judge sin. It's another thing to judge the person who has caused the sin. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So, we have looked a little bit at these people who are gifted in, in this way. We need people that are perceptive, that are able to look at the situation and say, this is what it is. Because sometimes, some of us who are not gifted that way, we don't see the, 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 the picture. But these people, they know the picture. They say, this is how it is. And we need to listen to them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we may not like them, but what they say, and end up at the end, they will say, I told you. Amen. Amen. Many times they will, they will tell you, I told you this, didn't I tell you? I knew this was going to happen. Amen. You remember? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Because of time, let's finish. We'll, we'll stop there. We'll just uh, finish here. I just want to pray. If you sense that you are the person who is gifted in that way, I want to pr we want to pray for you that you will operate without fear, that you will operate with more grace, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, without any fear from that. And if you, are, you feel that this is how it is about you, and you have been wondering, how do I, why do I operate this way? How do I see things this way? I ask that you come forward and we'll pray for you. Let's all rise up and pray.
Father God, we want to release your people whom you have gifted with prophetic insight that they will function, oh God, to the edification of the church. They are the eyes of the church. They see what some of us do not see. We pray that, Lord, we will understand them. And we pray that, Lord, you will give them more grace to operate in their area of gifting to the edification of this body of Christ. We pray that you will give them greater sensitivity to your spirit. That they will not confuse their spirit from your spirit. That they will not confuse your spirit from the evil spirit but they will know with clarity that this is the voice of God and that when they hear from you they will be bold enough to declare what oh God you have spoken to them that they need to declare we pray that they will be as bold as Elijah was they will be bold as John the Baptist was that they will not fear Lord, we commit them to you. We celebrate their gifting, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Let your power, Lord, come upon them, O oh God. Grace, O oh Lord. Your grace, O oh God, upon them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for their gift. They are not only, oh God, the gift for them, but it is the gift for us. We welcome them, oh God, and we welcome their ministry, oh God. We pray that as a church, oh God, we will grow in the prophetic dimension, oh God, of the church. We need to grow in the prophetic dimension, oh God. We pray, Lord, that through them, oh God, you will minister to this body of Christ the truth that will set us free, the truth that will empower us. Father, I pray also for each and every one in us who, who are here, whatever their area of gifting, oh God, we pray, let your power rest upon them. We pray, Lord, for the activation of the gifts that you have imparted upon each and every one of us. We pray for greater understanding of our giftings, O oh God. And a greater understanding of, on, of how we can operate in those giftings, O oh God. That will bring edification to this board of Christ. And also glory and honor to your name. We give praise to you. We bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. And all the saints of God say amen. God bless you. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Until we meet again, amen. 
You've been listening to the City Pentecostal Church Sermon of the Week with Pastor Francis Calimbera. For more free resources and podcasts, visit our website, citypentecostal.church. Worthy is the Lamb.